zero of the Weebology podcast. How you feeling, bud? Pretty good, y'all. Pretty good. Um, like Ethan said, welcome to welcome to Weebology. Yeah. So I think what we're gonna do today is we're gonna say, you know, who we are, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. What? You know, what got us into anime? What the hell are we doing here? Like, what and then we- also a quick little look at. Um, we just came off of the winter 2019, 2018 season of anime and just kind of see, you know, what we thought. You know, yeah, and we will we will warn for spoilers before we go into any kind of detail. There is a couple series that we both have watched and really enjoyed, and we are definitely going to be talking about it. A couple of those being, I would say, Mob Psycho. At least I know I watched that one really, mm-hmm. uh, really intensely. And uh, Promised Neverland. Holy shit snacks like promised neverland is bay it's bay it's there's undeniable it's undeniable bay status so okay but before we go too much farther yeah. i'm one of the hosts ethan this is this is a uh, ricky um we are your uh weebologists <laughs> yeah we're weebologists so um what that kind of means to us i think is you know we care a lot about anime we love this junk mm-hmm. and uh we also like you know just Japanese culture in general, but to us, we're also, you know, some something of a philosopher about it. You know, a philosopher and a poet, if I were to actually write any of this I shit I think down. I'd call myself a poet. Yeah, if we wrote any of it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we decided instead of writing it down, let's just let's just put mics in front of our faces and do that instead. Right, I mean, so, I mean, we, t- we talk about this stuff, on, you know, on the daily, so we figured, let's plop some mics in front of us and... Uh, Give it a whirl and see if uh, anyone cares what we have to say. Yeah, man. And I know I know. for me, this is my personal endeavor with Weebology is to kind of get people who may not feel very uh, very open about their, their love of the genre, their love of the, the surrounding culture of the genre. And, you know, let's just, just give them a perspective that they can look at and be like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say like I'm a normal human being. I mean, I watch anime. <laughs> I think kind of take a little bit of a, a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of an open mind to actually give a shit about it. So I want to give people that open mind and that open mic as well. So I want people to join us on our journey. Yeah, and the other thing that kind of, uh, you know, separates us from maybe the, I guess the, kind of the norm of what you would think of an anime weave would be that they'd sit in their grandma's basement. And watch anime twenty four seven. We want to prove that that's not everybody. We actually we have jobs. You guys, yeah, you guys listening right now are not that. If you are, you do you. I love you know you for what? that. It's actually better for you. Yeah, it's better for you. You, it's better yeah. for you to be doing that. But that ain't everybody. And I think at a time where anime is receiving an explosive amount of exposure due to streaming and you know, a lot of interesting movies coming out. You know, I mean, look at Dragon Ball uh, Super Broly that just came out. One of the best anime films to have ever hit the box offices, and I think there's a reason for that. Uh, I guess people are exposed. People want want to see more of uh, more of that genre. So we want to prove that you you know you can love this shit, and it's a good time. And uh, we're also, I think, in the process of this podcast, we're gonna get a little more uh, uh, expanded in our knowledge of anime as well. I would say. Yeah, I mean, so with with like a, a you know a normal nine to five job, sometimes it's pretty hard to fit in these you know long running shows. Um, for instance, if you just think about like Naruto or 
or One Piece, you're talking like 600, 700 episodes. Yeah, those two together is like over 1,600 episodes. I mean, I already piece. have a full-time job, Ricky. I know, and I and even I can't you know, be sneaking my phone under my desk every single day. <laughs> I, I know I do, but... <laughs> I mean, we try it. We try, yeah. You know? Oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom, boss. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i be right back in 23 minutes exactly later. <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Ricky, you're sure, you're sure going to the bathroom a lot. Are you... Uh, you no, just... Uh, just jacking it. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of something funny. It, back in, like, college or high school... <laughs> You know, if someone caught you watching anime, you'd be like, oh, shit. Uh, no, I was just uh, doing something just, else. Just, I swear. Po- just porn. Yeah. Just porn. <laughs> just porn. There was, there's, and I feel that I'm, I think everyone's gone through who's really liked anime in the past have gone through something like this where you other excuses that are more socially accepted as what the, f- what the fuck are you doing is a better excuse than you, you telling your friends or family, hey, I'm watching Japanese cartoons right now. Right. So I think that's kind of, you know, like we mentioned, just saying that, you know, it's becoming more mainstream and being able to get out there and talk about it, you know, is is becoming more, you know, more normal, I guess you could say. And I mean, I think it's really cool the way that Netflix and, you know, all these other big streaming platforms have really like, you know, taken hold of the whole movement and just kind of kind of gone full bore. I mean, Netflix oh, yeah. is putting a lot of money into anime. Dude, yeah, their selection's actually super stout. Yeah, like, I mean, they just did this Ultraman. Yo, I saw that just came on. I'm, uh, I want to watch it. So it's CGI, I, so I'm not going to watch it. But um, I will take the plunge for you. Thanks, Ricky. <laughs> you know, you're welcome. I mean, then I will, I'll do it. <laughs> if, if no one else is going to do it. I, I mean, we've all... I, I watched four or five episodes of 2016 Berserk, and that... That made me sad. My so guy, I, I hate I, the CGI. I, I, get, I cannot I get it. stand I, it. I get it. But you remember Eugene? Oh no, that was really good. But the CGI was made me wanted to barf. You know, and oh, yeah, that's that's that definitely like hold on, pencil that another episode CGI conversation definitely coming up. Oh yeah, that's, that's a, coming that's up. That's coming up. That's a good one. But yeah, I mean, we we called ourselves weebologists. You know, it sounds very official that we know what we're talking about. But you know, <laughs> the throw, study throw of weebness. Chop. Yeah, throw your chops, man. Drop it, whip it out on the table. What what got you into anime? What makes us? So funnily enough, what got me into anime was just watching it from a very young age. But unlike most people, where their parents might hinder them, my dad actually watched Dragon Ball Z with me. Wow, you actually had an encouraging parental figure too. <laughs> yeah, Thank I you mean. On. After work or on the weekends, he would just plop down on the couch with me and we'd watch uh, the Saiyan arc or, uh, you know, the Namek yeah. arc. Ow. And he was uh, he was into it, too. Obviously, I'm sure it was mostly just for my, my benefit. But, you know, even <laughs> even these days, he'll buy me like Dragon Ball Z related crap from like Comic-Con or something. Does your dad go to Comic-Con? He does, but for the wow. comics. <laughs> I mean that's that's some old school stuff. So he's man. a big res- nerd. You I know? respect that. I respect that heavily, man. But it's cool not having to hide it from your family. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I felt for me, huh. hmm. it's good to know that I will be drinking heavily on the show. Not sometimes lighter, sometimes heavier. <laughs> it makes me more opinionated, and I have some opinions I want to throw at your face at some point soon. Hit me with them at some point. But I know for me, it was my my family. They. It's not that they were any kind of a hindrance, or they're like. 
you know, kind of judgy or anything, but they definitely, they stayed very ignorant. And there were sometimes some, like, I remember my dad would, um, my dad would at least take me to, like, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! card tournaments, so he knew I was into the kind of thing surrounding, you know, that kind of art. Um, but I think what really put the, the first nail in that coffin was my grandma. And at, like, my sixth or seventh birthday, it was some super early, she knew I was watching Pokemon here and there because I loved the card games. I loved the, uh, I loved the games uh, on Game Boy. But she looked at a box set of Hugh Hugh Hakusho, saw that the art looked kind of similar, and said, here you go, happy birthday. It looks like that Pokemon show you're watching. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks, Grandma. And then everything changed. Everything. What, what's s- funny about that is Yu Yu Hakusho isn't exactly like the most kid-friendly show. Dude, it wasn't. It Dude's was like horrifying. smoking. <laughs> yeah. The first episode, the main character dies. Like, yeah, I mean, Straight up death. And I'm like, man, looking back, Grandma, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. And it's and it just snowballed, man. It was like Toonami from there. And, you know, I remember very fond memories of Cyborg 009. And, again, no, none of these are kid shows. Realistically, they're not kid shows. I mean, Toonami and Adult Swim, like, were the bomb, There's the jam. I remember sneaking downstairs in my basement to, to sneak I mean, Naruto was on there. Uh-huh. You had Bleach on there. You had Fooly Cooly on there. You know, that's the one I never actually got into is Fooly Cooly. You got to watch it. It's I only six I'm- apps. It's I think I will then. I mean, it's yeah. super, super cool. Dude, their resurgence, they had Parasite now. Like, they went a little even edgier than they used to be. Really? Yeah, the Parasite was on um, was on Toonami. Man, yeah. that was a good freaking show. That was a really good show. We might have to, might have to talk about that. Put a pin in it. <laughs> Just put, we're putting imaginary pins in an imaginary board for later episodes. And, you know, if you guys got anything to suggest, we'll definitely. Yeah, obviously hit us up in the comments section or. We uh, will do some deep dive research for you we care yeah and i think you know kind of the direction we wanted to take this all with is you know not necessarily the the normal this guy's gonna kick this guy's ass or this is the you know five best abilities in naruto or something like that i mean i do love that shit i'm not gonna lie oh no and let people do their thing but we definitely made a decision together that like we're not gonna be a top blank blank podcast like that may make for some content later, but it's gotta be it's gotta be something a little, little bit a little bit different. We just kind of want to discuss just more in depth, a little more in depth, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, we we kind of uh, are shonen schmucks if we haven't made that pretty clear. But you know, we will... it appeals to the most people, and I will not apologize do for you, that. Do you think so? Do you really think so? The shonen's kind of the the thing that appeals I'm, to the I most. I mean, look, of people? look, dude. They sell like billions of magazines for this stuff. Absolute hotcakes. Like, I mean, you gotta. It wouldn't make sense that they would sell that much if it wasn't the most popular. Do you know what I mean? Oh, true. Plus, all the shows are literally built to be popular. <laughs> that it, that it, is literally the point of them. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, they're called Shonen because they come from Shonen Jump, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like where that general because it's episodic. It had to go for as long as the as the magazine was willing to have in it, you know. So, you know, a lot of the a lot of the people uh, people's issues with Shonen kind of arose from the original length and quick out medium, you know. But I wonder that we we talk about you know the big three, the, like Dragon Ball was just an international sensation, but there are other anime that like just seem to have crushed the game when it comes to exposing anime 
to the to a wider public and making things like this particular kind of casual yet in-depth podcast possible to reach more ears, more casual ears than some people that are going to come at, at it for uh, for the depth. But like Attack on Titan, would you consider Attack on Titan the conglomerate that season one was? Do you feel that that is a shonen anime? Attack on Titan. So do I think it follows the shonen kind of archetype? Probably not. I wouldn't say. Okay. I would say it's more of like a, a darker version. I'd say it fits more with like a Death Note than it does with like a Why is My that? Hero Academia. Well, yeah, I, I just I feel like it kind of comes down to what our personal interpretation of shonen is. I know for me, it's definitely that you know never-ending progression of the main characters. Sometimes multiple characters and um. And generally very action heavy, you know, some many sports animes can be very shonen and some non-sports, but action animes cannot be. But Attack on Titan felt, it always felt unique because it couldn't be pinned down in a typical slot me here genre, you know. But I think you kind of hit on it, is that it does kind of have some sh- I mean, I would just say, you know, it's a darker anime that like, it really makes you face some things about you know, this world that these guys are living in. But there's also so many, like, weird twists, right? Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, I don't know. To me, like, a shonen anime is, you know, you have this underdog character that is growing and becoming, like, ridiculously powerful at a ridiculous rate. You know, like, Naruto, the dude starts off like this underdog, but... <laughs> you know, little does everyone know, he's actually the strongest person in the entire universe. Right. So basically, he, from age six. But here's the thing that well, this is where I disagree with Attack on Titan not being shown. In that, if you look at a lot of the big three, that they had all of the equipment to be the strongest in the series. They just had to train and persevere to utilize. If you look at Naruto, he had all the goods. He basically had all the goods he needed to be pretty much OP from the start. You know. Ichigo and Bleach had all the goods hereditarily to be OP from the start. Um, and so did Aaron in Attack on Titan. Sure. He already had the goods. So I, I wonder where along the line, because I still think you're right in that it doesn't feel like a shonen, but I don't know where. I cannot pick out where. I guess maybe it's a lack of progression. It always feels like they're two steps, like one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. I think it has more to do with the fact that, you know, with a traditional shonen, you have, like, the stakes aren't always life and death the whole time. Like, Good point. Like, the thing about Naruto that I always found really interesting is it's these, like, 10-year-olds fighting for their villages for, like, life or death, but it sure doesn't enough. really feel like it Interesting. until, you know, I'd say the force of death during the, the um, chonin exams. Mm-hmm. And or tuning, sorry, it's fine. And uh, (laughs) the tuning exams, and then you know, obviously, once they get farther on, and like there's more like not galactic skirmishes, but like between villages, there gets to be more kind of like dangerous encounters. But I'd say for like most of it, it didn't feel like you know, Naruto is really ever in danger of like fully dying. Like, I don't know, because the way they set it up, right? They had. They had all these senseis and, like, the Hokage and all these people over them trying to keep them all safe. But for, for like, 
you know, Aaron and the other guys in uh, in his unit, right? Like even the guy, their captain, like could get eaten by a Titan like super fast, right? right. Like they're obviously more skilled than the normal guys, and they're smart and all this stuff. But you know, at a certain point, <laughs> like these Titans will eat your ass, dude. They'll eat your ass, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's like everything else around it. I don't know. I just there's no real feeling of safety. I feel like in that entire Ooh. show. I like the way you put that because you're right. There, there doesn't feel like the main character is going to prevail. We just have to find out how. It never did feel that way. I mean, it's not even like I remember episode five, season one was when we found out that Aaron could become a Titan. Sorry, y'all, it was like four years ago. Deal. Spoilers aren't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we found out he could become a Titan, but that was after he'd already gotten munched. Like, right? It already felt hopeless. So I, I can kind of see where you're coming from. It still never felt safe, even with the advantages. Like when the shonen, like the main character gets that shonen buff, you know, they get that new thing. Aaron can do this or do that. It still never felt like the proper advantage was on the home team. I mean, even to this day, I don't feel like he's really got the advantage. So right. So they, I think that's, I guess that's a, I would say that might be where my my uh, you know discrepancy lies. I can see that. I don't know, man. I just. I know you plot me into that world, and I am fucking terrified. Right, you plop yourself into a Naruto world, like, like that's my nature, bitch. It might be terrifying, like, (laughs) right for sure. I think you know the since they were trying to make it more like kid friendly, it was less terrifying. Like, obviously, you know, having like the Akatsuki breaking into your village and like you know trying to steal children oh yeah like let's break it down let's, they're trying yeah, to steal really, kids if you really want to yeah dissect some of the shit in naruto was very i mean very it's creepy up. and yeah. scary right and then like you have these roving like assassins and like all this stuff like it is not a safe world but it the way that they filmed it and made it you know showing only like naruto's feats and basically him growing up and becoming stronger and like the, the entire village like kind of coming together mm-hmm. they made it feel way safer okay and i mean okay. that, to me that's one of my biggest like complaints about shippuden is they had the opportunity between you know when pain blew up the whole village and the whole thing with kaguya or like the fourth ninja war, why didn't they have a another one, another war that just showed you like there's actual like reasons that you know these ninjas are separate villages, you know they don't always get along and all these things. I don't know, it just feels really weird to me that you go from the leaf village getting completely wiped off the map, nobody tries to move in and make any kind of moves on them, in between that and the fourth ninja war. Wasn't the whole, in my opinion, the whole like point of Naruto and Shippuden was like each of these lands are like making kind of proxy wars in, in certain areas, but no one's like fully moving in because every village is pretty strong. And then Leaf Village gets absolutely laid out and they don't go in and try to wipe them out. You got a good point there. But yeah, I mean, talk about some sitting ducks. These dudes get absolutely wiped off the map. All of their buildings are ripped out of the ground. And then none of the other villages make any kind of move on them. Like what? 
wasn't there a legit reason for that? Didn't the fourth ninja... Wasn't the fourth ninja war... No, the five Kage came together because of a threat that was... They they felt there was a threat that was worth them like all right yeah we gotta we gotta deal with this because all I'm saying is to me it was such a strange like shift in the world like the whole time all you're being told is there's been all these wars throughout the centuries over like dominance essentially and now the Leaf Village has been has taken such a serious blow that they're essentially like limping along and nobody makes a move so your question is more or less there or you're saying. Are you telling me that there is not a single organization or village that would seek to be, you know, taking advantage of the situation against the Leaf? Yeah, I mean, I just found it odd. I mean, even at the, the you know, the summit, you had the guy from the Rock Village and the guy from the Cloud Village kind of being like, you know, kind of adversarial towards them. And it's like, if you feel that way... Why would you not just go over there and wipe them out? And then it's a four Kage summit. It's a, now it's just a four Kage. There I it mean, is. honestly, think about it. Like, what are you afraid of in the Leaf Village? Like, what are you afraid of? They have no buildings anymore. This, they have literally the strongest Jinchiriki by a large margin. Yeah, but they don't know how strong Naruto is at this point. They, But they know, like, by the time the word gets out, Pain will have already been dealt with, and anyone who's like, oh, someone with the Renegon, literal jaws to the floor, thousand yard stairs from anyone who has any knowledge, and it says, oh, we got a guy who can beat someone handedly that has the Renegon. Deal with that. What you want. Yeah, I also, I wish they had kind of explained a little bit more, like, whether the rest of the world knows he's the fourth son, or if it was just like... Because I always thought that was whack within the village that they they basically pretended like he was not, you know, Minato's yeah. kid, and then you know he gets ridiculously strong, and I'm wondering if all the other villages know that he is, because you know if if they have this run on site, you know, rule for Minato, yeah, like I would just extend it to his son, and be like, this dude's probably a badass. <laughs> Yellow, Especially fl- if they, Yellow Flash Jr.? Well, I mean, if they hear he takes out Pain, like, basically, you know, there all really, six pads. There really wasn't anyone that could stand up to him at that moment. There there just wasn't. I mean... Well... There anyone, no one that really want to. None of the Kages are going to go out and fight. I'm just saying the right Kage would have smacked him, like, across the probably, earth. Probably would have smacked him, but... You know. I, I'm just saying... I think... If I were in any other village leader's position and hearing all of the intel, I wouldn't just jump on that. No, yeah, they don't have a village anymore, but when you got that intel, what you would have heard is someone with the Renegon from the Akatsuki attacked our village. Um, They had the power to wipe it literally off the map, killed 95% of everybody, and then our Shin Cherokee, the one holding the strongest of all nine, came, saved us from not one, but six bodies with the Renegon, from everyone else's perspective, and then went off somewhere to go confront Big Daddy Renegon Boy, <laughs> and somehow everyone came back to life. So now you have the Leafs' entire armed forces alive, 
and they're all rebuilding the village. They may be distracted, but at, at what at what point do you feel like, oh yeah, this is good. This is good. This is a good strategy. I guess I'm just saying. Think about how vulnerable they are without like their entire village infrastructure. Tell- As a leader, I would have crushed them ASAP. Obviously, at this point, it's kind of like the Sand Village and the and Konoha are kind of like on the same page because basically because Gara and in Naruto are boys. They are boys, and B and Naruto. <laughs> Are they boys yet? They're no, not boys. They're, they're not, not boys, boys they're yet. Not boys yet. So that's what I'm saying. I don't see why, you know, what about them? I think the Mizukage and all them were kind of rebuilding because of the whole blood mist thing. Did so, like, they weren't really in a position, but the Rock. Has, has Sasuke attacked B at that point? After Naruto defeats Pain, I think that's what I'm, I think that's what I'm trying to get at, is that all the villagers recognize the Akatsuki as an issue because at that point, Sasuke, Kirin, right. they're all working with the Akatsuki. So the Cloud just got attacked. The Leaf just got attacked. The Akatsuki basically killed Gara successfully until Chino. So you had all three villages all attacked at the same time. Like, oh sh- shit, we gotta deal. With th- we gotta deal with this. We gotta deal with this like right now. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It felt like such a weird. Like I love the Akatsuki, don't get me wrong, and I love them as a villain organization. That's but, true. But when you think of it as like this world of, you know, this ninja world, it just seems like such a small threat in comparison to like a looming village attack. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got. I mean, obviously they're there. like massive S class ninja badasses, but each of these villages have those. Right. But, you know, the shadow leader being Toby, he's kind of keeping it. He was kind of keeping it chill. I think he was playing the long game. I know. I just, you know, until you start Rene rebirthing all these, like, (laughs) these zombies, you know, is it even, like, they're not a concern to me at all. And I think that's kind of, I guess that's kind of what they were saying is they let them kind of just, like, chill in the background, even hired them. You know what I mean? Right. And then eventually they end up biting them all in the butt. Which, I mean, is what they literally say at the Five Kage Summit. They're like, Tuchikage, how could you possibly have paid these dudes in the past? And he's like, well, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like, we had to, we had to deal with this somehow. Um, the Tsuchikage, he went on later in Boruto to, to do some stupid shit, too. In True. the sake of peace. Yeah. Boruto even feels more kiddish than Naruto is. But we'll definitely get into that discussion. Well, I mean, that's point. another, like, lack of stakes. I think, to me what makes a good anime is related to the stakes that are like around in, in the, you know, world. Do you see, so you felt that attack on Titan had such a strong tie from the stakes to the world. Like the world itself presented the stakes. The stakes weren't presented upon the world because you were led into a world where humans are hiding behind three walls and the world itself is attacking because of these Titans. We were introduced that day one. There's yeah, I nothing mean, different there. From the rip, you're like, mm-hmm. humanity is literally on its last legs. Yes. And then throughout the first season, there's like basically no hope. Which is funny. That's interesting you say that because the stakes never really changed. Like they were always dire, but they went on a very personal, like small scale, if that makes sense. I mean, yes, the entire premise and stakes of the show is at like the humanitarian level of all humans like literally we're at our last point before extinction 
but each of the individual stakes are not, oh, humanity is going to to be ended in this confrontation. It's like, oh, the outer wall was just breached because of that threat to humanity. The next the next conflict is, oh, this this isolated thing happened because of the overall world. The world just keeps supplying stakes instead of stakes just happening on the world. Think of like the Momoshiki stuff in Boruto. The world is fine. And then suddenly, stakes from the sky. Whoa, <laughs> everyone is doomed. Oh yeah, no, there's yeah, a badass oh, flying oh, down no. from the earth, yes, from the moon. Exactly, but Attack on Titan had that from literally the first 30 seconds. Like, this is... Yeah, I mean, I think I viewed it as humanity was screwed from literally the rip, right? And then, you know, they're just trying to claw back a little bit of, like room right just room like which is nuts some breathing room so you feel like that i I think that to me is probably what really did uh kind of resonate with a lot of people i mean it's very it felt very game of thrones-esque even you know oh totally yeah it felt it felt medieval it felt germanic it felt european almost in setting and name um it was relatable it had a more western overtone and i think that was really potent of what made it so popular i think if you had People in the Shippuden tuning exams dying out from both teams or all the teams, it would have felt like way more serious. Like all of a sudden, it'd be like, "Holy shit, this isn't a game." Yeah, you do gotta. We do have to remember who Naruto was built for as a show. Yeah, but like the fact that the only like teammate that ever died was Neji at the very end is ridiculous. That's. I I am not getting into that shit. That's I'm just saying it's a <laughs> it's a ninja world where there's been war for like since it started. Yeah. And the only person to ever die is you know, come on. Come, come, come on. Just come on. The only person, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just think the the stakes and like feeling like you could die is really important. Like I think Black Clover does it pretty well because Asta never leaves a battle without, like, massive battle damage, right? He definitely leaves with some serious, serious injuries. Which is great. I, I don't like when main characters can just breeze through things and, like, not take any damage. You're like, was this even a hard fight? You know, is there a reason this is in the show? That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think it's Black Clover's a pretty good segue into uh, Winter 2019. Because I think that Black Clover is one of those shows that's like kind of keeping the old, you know, big three episodic, no season, just let it, let it go. Let it ride. Let Put it, it all on black ride. and let it ride. Let it ride. We're episode 78. Eight? Yeah. Eight. I'm keeping up with it. <laughs> I totally am. He is not. <laughs> that's fine. We'll have Ethan do do some reviews, reviews on it later. But, um, what guys, I love of... black clover. Okay. All right, I'm saying it out loud right now. I, I, I kind of watch yourself. I'm be careful. It's it's lackluster, dude. I I went what back. What I went back and keep watching, dude. It one okay one. I grew up with Studio Periot's bullshit of. 85% of the show <laughs> looking like subpar meh, and then 15% looking so beautiful. Just crispy, so many frames, and Studio Studio Periot's doing the same thing with Black Clover, and I'm like, 
all right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just numb to it. Maybe there's other shows that do fluidity better. I'm an one thing you learn about myself is I'm a huge animation uh, guy. You know, if you give me fluid animations or the crispy stuff like Unlimited Blade Works crispy, whoo, whoo, I'm in it. Anyway, all it is is a lot of shonen tropes slapped together. I tried to find the good in it. I will continue to watch it. But but I, I I had my hope for it is kind of waning. I mean, so I have obviously problems with it, but I think overall it's very very good. I think, you know, if you take those the original big three, I think it slots in there fairly nicely. You think it's just out of its out of its time? I think if you were to kind of rewind the clock ten years and then slapped it. Slapped it in. What did we think? I mean, it would have fit in there, but I'm just saying, it. I think it follows very similar, you know. Yeah, maybe nature than those three. I don't know. I just felt like I just feel like I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's late to the party. I I think that a lot of that putting that lightning in a bottle that the big three managed to do. I think that time is over, and I think we have uh, we have seasonal anime to thank or to blame for that. Rather, is that it's trying to it is trying to capture that that again. And I, you know what? I I think a show like that needs time. It needs time. It's time. To, <laughs> what do you mean by that? It needs time to to mature into a you know an arc that really gives it that. Because if you look at all of the the long form shonen shows of the past, you know, you can pick out arcs in those that really defined and made. Okay, this is a show that is in it. Bleach, Save Rukia arc, Naruto. Um, I would argue the the arc right, like the retrieval of Sasuke arc. It's gotta be Chunin exams. Well, that's not. It's gotta be. That's not. That's not. You didn't say Shippuden. I. Did I not? No. Well, fine. Then if you want to take Naruto in, yeah, in, in its entirety, I would say Naruto and not Shippuden. Just locked it in for me. Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z. You got the the Saiyan arc, the Frieza arc. Yeah, and those like are some good arcs. The Cell arc was, you know, slightly Cell lesser, games, but still my guy. amazing. So crispy, the story of Gohan and that. And then you have the Majin Buu arc. So, see, see, but the thing is, even though the Majin Buu arc was a little lackluster, you were riding off of some of the best tightly written arcs in all of anime, straight up. And I think Black Clover is still waiting for that. They're doing the Royal Army shit right now. Let's just let's just quickly kind of kind of step back a few steps and yeah, realize well, you're 78 episodes in. And all the shows you just talked about have six hundred plus episodes, right? But those those arcs didn't happen necessarily at the end of that thing. They didn't happen within seventy eight episodes either. I'd say the Saiyan arc did. Okay, <laughs> and much of the Freeze arc maybe. If it died right there, would you have felt the same way, or it is it di- because if, it all built? If it died at the end of the Freeze arc, I think people would celebrate Dragon Ball Z even more. I'm just saying. You're out of your mind. I'm just saying, but but that's why they knew they they kept you know it was it, Toriyama kept going with it. And if you read about why Toriyama had some weird stuff in the Cell Cell Games arc and the Android arcs, it's because he had editors and other people down his throat being like, "Nah, I don't want this." 
No, I don't want this, but I want to talk. Well, about I think that's that. always been a problem for all those. Pin you know, I'm gonna pin that Dragon Ball one. Y'all well, heard it on the board. Yeah, well, it's always been a problem for those. You know, mangakas because they have the editors kind of being like, "Nope, yep, nope." Yeah, how dare you? I want this to happen. I want that to happen. I I think it's kind it's of like a sh- too boring. It's I'm kind like- of a shame that they don't get to tell their story the way they want to. Right, and then we finally see with a character like Broly. You know what, your main, when the main creator of the entire universe of Dragon Ball decides, all right, let's uh let's get let's 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 shake off this rust a little bit and let's actually make this character something worthwhile. Boom, third highest grossing anime film in theaters of all time. And that's not a that's not a coincidence either. That's Toriyama like literally like well, flexing to be fair, on him, flexing on him. Broly was a sick character, it just didn't fit. And so you know, I think it's if he, if it was just some random movie that didn't relate to Broly, you think it would have done as well? No, no, and I think it's because everyone knew Broly, but his rewrite was gold, in my opinion, absolute gold. I mean, it was it was much better than the original yeah. Broly. So I think, I think yeah, we can compar- all agree. Comparatively, actual cheddar, like it was, it was straight money. So I don't, I don't know, but that. You know, that kind of impact, you know, that took time. And I think Black Clover is not going to get the recognition you feel like it's, it gets, right? Or it should have right now. I think it's got to at least hit that Sweet One Hondo episode. Because people say that people say the manga is really good. People say the manga is pretty damn good, actually. I just, I think they're on the building stage, like... I see a so we're, so we're in agreement. They're in a world building stage. They're only seventy eight episodes in. You don't even know all the black bowls yet. Like that's what I'm saying though. It's not really necessarily fair to say that it doesn't have those arcs yet. Right, but but I'm also not over here saying it's bad. I'm just saying maybe I've seen you're it saying all it's in development. It's in development, it and is. I agree with you. It is. I, I and it, and for that I thank you. For <laughs> that I thank you. So what else? Uh, yeah, what else? Do you think? So I think we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna skip to our last subject, which is the winter 2018. That that was the whole segue of the Black Clover, my boy. Animes, and we're yeah. gonna go over them. You're right, that was a segue. That was but a segue. We're just gonna kind of go through a couple quickly. Um, the segue tour passed you by, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> passed you by. Well, I mean. Can you talk about Shield Shield Hero for mm, us? Because mm. I didn't really get a chance to watch that because I've been go. watching JoJo's. So. Let's go! Oh, that is true. Oh God, JoJo's so good. But yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you chat about JoJo. But um, Rising of the Shield Hero, man. You know, I I really did, and I'm not I'm not afraid to admit it at this point that I uh, I really really like Sword Art Online. I like Sword Online season one. Wow! Shut! I'm gonna need you to. I can't sh- believe you just said this on the podcast. Oh, and I'll let it be known, like, because one, it's it's isekai. It's a power fantasy. You can't walk into a well written one and not feel like a little vicarious, like, ooh, I have the best reflexes in the game. I'm I'm the I'm the the chosen one. I mean, how can you not? That's what I'm literally staring in your apartment, Ethan. Lord of the Rings. Uh, posters and Star Wars posters, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're literally all about chosen ones. Um. Right, I'm staring at it. <laughs> Frodo was chosen. Uh huh. Anakin was chosen. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want, I don't want to hear it. It's those are power fantasies. Well, 
Anakin's story is a power fantasy. I don't know about Frodo's is more of a uh, a power. Here's uh, my thing. Reaming. So the reason that there's a couple reasons that I don't like Sword Art Line and why I won't watch it is you don't start off with you know Sage of Six Pass Naruto and drop him into baby levels and just let him absolutely annihilate people because he's the best you know the best character to ever live and he's untouchable. Oh yeah, and and by the way, every every woman in the entire village wants to hang out with him. They want to hang out with him. It's, he's super cool, and everyone thinks he's great, and gives him uh, gives them ramen and treats. Yeah, like obviously it's cool to be like the strongest character in a show, and like just absolutely spank everyone. But I don't know. That's not really like okay. Okay, you're definitely. I would say, coming from a 2019 view. I could see where you're coming from, but this is 2012, my boy. Isekai didn't really have a foothold, you know? And if it did, it wasn't in video games. It was some Alice in Wonderland bullshit of being taken to some actual fantasy world. No one wants that. People want, you know, a modern take on it. So, I don't know. So, all I'm trying to say is, Sword Art Online really, it kind of captured my attention for Isekai's and nothing, not too many have sense. ReZero kind of did, and I still have to finish it, um, and definitely want to revisit it. But then Rise of the Shield here, I was like, let's get into this. Oh, yes. Let's pop a couple beers and watch this watch this season. And my goodness, I liked it a lot, actually. If you want, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, well, I think you had told me that they they basically acknowledge all the tropes. Yes, it's it's almost like a concentrated like you left coke out for a week and it just boiled down to the syrup and there's no there's no bullshit it's just like <laughs> it's just like i i got teleported i'm in an isekai we all know we're an isekai let's just let's just stop the formalities and just get to why we're here and it might have uh best girl of the year in it ralph Talia is the shit <laughs> um but yes i know you aren't a big harem guy well, fun fact, there's a harem, and you have to deal with it. Uh, there's a raccoon girl and a chicken, and you got to deal with that, you know? I mean, but I think that's part of the, it's part of the genre. But I think they do a lot of things super well. Uh, harem is there, but it's not in your face. And it's, I think it's just a really good time. You know, your, your main character is starting from a, from a negative, um, but not so negative that it's, it's kind of the whole, like, claw your way back to normal. He definitely has his progression of power, and it's a really good time. And, uh, yeah, and I think the the last thing to say about it is I like the fact that because he's starting from behind, he's got to be, you know, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> he is. He's kind of a dick. He, he just kind of plays it up he, from but what the, I heard. That's the thing. He plays it up because he's like, he kind of made a choice where, well, if everyone hates me, this kind of, open my world up to being able to do a lot more, you know, nefarious but effective shit. So, let's do that shit. So, I but I like the that he trots the line, he like rides the line of where you can kind of wonder if he's a dick, but you kind of sympathize with him. It's a cool cognitive dissonance like middle ground. So, I like it. I highly recommend it if you uh if you even have a, a kind of an idea of of what you want to see in an isekai, I think it's it's a good pick. I think you'll. So that is a it. certified fresh on Tate no Yusha no Niragari. Rise of the Shield Hero. The Rise of the Shield Hero. Yep. So that's 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 one of my big ones. Uh, so that was a big one, and then uh, 
There's also Promised Neverland, oh. which is Yakusoku no Neverland. Can we close the episode out with talking about that? We can. Yes. Okay. But first, any other recommendations you have from this season and why? Okay. I guess Dororo. Yeah. Super good, right? Yeah. So it was pretty good. I, I've seen people putting in their like top five, you know, all time type crap. And I'm like, yo, chill out. Maybe. Like it was good. Where'd you read that? And it was dark. I I don't know. It was dark. It was a good time. I will say it was like um, it was like a manga from like the fifties, right? Right. It's a very interesting concept. So they took like a super super old manga and they basically remade it with modern day technology, with with sweet animation and Ooh. kind of like updated some of the themes and stuff. It was well. It was well made. Who who actually? What studio was that? It was Zuka Productions. Oh yeah, snap. Okay, I'm in it. So basically the idea is this like lord of this area basically goes to these 12 demons and he says like, I'll give you whatever you want if you make me a badass and like rich and powerful. So they're like, sure, for your firstborn kid. And so he gives birth and then his kid is born without skin, without eyes, without tongue, without, you know, limbs. Right. So he's just like this kind of nasty little... (laughs) Like binding of Isaac, baby. That's a that's a super <laughs> way to put it. He's this little he's this little buddy boy. And so, uh, what what he does is he just gets rid of this kid and throws him on like a boat down the river, like uh, Moses. And uh, he goes down this river, and some other dude picks him up and gives him like prosthetics. Yeah. And then you know it's just basically about him like I don't know coming coming to his own without. Like all these senses and stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna super super light like first episode spoilers. You kind of figured out in the first episode that you know because his he was the sacrifice to the demons. Right. Every time he defeats a demon, he gets one of these uh, one of his body parts back. But he grew up with the prosthetics and knew nothing of any of these senses, so he has to reconcile with what do you do with real sight or a real voice or a real spinal, like spinal cord and nerve system to feel pain? Like right. that's an, that's to me, that's a concept that I feel was in, cause it was envisioned nearly 60 years ago, just not really been done since. And it was super cool to see, see something novel. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I think I would put that just a click under rising the shield hero, but it was still very up there for me. And I think it was only like 12 episodes or something like that, right? It yeah, might have even been less. No, I think it was just 12 because I think it was just one season. Yeah, so, I mean, it was really good. I think if you have the opportunity, I, I'd give it a up. watch. Oh, it's slated for 24. So I think it might have been a first episode, first step, and then they're going to they're gonna give us more. You mean a first season? They're going to, yeah, first, first. Like a pot, pot one. Pot one. Let's see. So that was great. And then, uh, let's see, there's one more on here. Oh, Mob Psycho. Oh my god. Oh my god. Mob is Mob like I will say and I want to talk about it more in depth in another episode. Mob Psycho is probably in my top 5 anime of all time period. Like straight up. There's cuz like I said, huge animation nerd. I love that kind of fluid Sakuga kind of off model stuff and I I loved Every second of, I don't know what kind of crazy budget or what elite animators they brought in for that, but my goodness, was that Bones or Madhouse that did that? That's a, it's a. I don't know, but I I find the animation interesting because it looks 
low budget, but they do it extremely well. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's super, like they don't do anything like insane, yeah, insane. Well, Bones, I love. Like Bones, they're such a such good a, freaking. Yeah. If you know studio. it's coming out of Bones, you know it's going to be great. You know if it's coming out of Madhouse that they won't do a second season. You just know. <laughs> you just know these things. These are the things that you know. <laughs> All right, I think we should. I think we should wrap it up with definitely giving giving our thoughts on. The Promised Neverland. Oh my God, Promised Neverland. I wouldn't say ruined my life, but it it, it, it definitely absorbed. What was it? It hit me in the old noggin a couple times. <laughs> it really did throw me for some loops. The first episode starts off with just pure fucking fire, and it never dies down never the whole season. I, I think you know what? Um, next episode. We'll definitely go. We're going to give our thoughts now, but next episode we'll give spoilers. So we're going to warn you now. You right. have a week to watch it. It is all out right now. You will not regret it. The three rule episode rule for anime does not even apply here. It is a one episode hook. That is all yeah, you true. Need. That's that's the one. So thing just that quickly, got what he was mentioning: there's a three episode rule within our friend group where if we're not hooked within the first three episodes, we're probably not going to continue. It. Just drop it. Yeah. And that that's mostly based on just like it's hard to fit in animes into a you know work life and it's a real pain in the butt sometimes it's a real pain in the butt dude but you know there's also some where you're like look dude i know 3 might not be enough so like 5 to 7 but that's like if you're pretty sure that they're going to like it eventually what's pretty fucked up is ethan talks about that exact same way about one piece which Dude, it's, <laughs> it's a thousand <laughs> episodes there's no way there's no way 3 episodes is going to do it I mean, at this point, I don't think you're gonna watch Easy Three Hundred. I might. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you are. I might read it. I might read I, it. I think Pat you should. Pat keeps telling me to read it. Yeah. So we have a, a friend named Patrick. Um, we hear about Pat a lot. He's he was supposed to be part of the. He was supposed to be the third host, but uh, he kind of bailed. It's fine. Uh, he had a little bit of a time constraint. Um, like we said, we're all working working gents, so sometimes it's just not meant to be. Yeah. So we. Uh... We took him out, so to speak, and uh, turned him into a robot editor. Hey, Pat, add, him, add a noise right here. <laughs> yeah, Good so, noise, uh, Pat. Good noise. <laughs> great noise, even. Great noise. But yeah, I mean, Promise Neverland, I don't think there's been an anime in the last five years that got me as hard as this one did. When like, it comes so to like fast. psychological warfare, Death Note. Straight up yeah, Death definitely. Note. Straight up Death Note was the last one of this caliber. I would still say Death Note was the pioneer for this kind of psychological warfare thriller but man promise neverland i really loved erased i'm not gonna lie to you is pretty good we're definitely gonna talk about erased because i think it is so underrated it's unbelievable you think it's underrated absolutely i I believe i believe it's i believe it is slightly underrated i think it is getting the recognition it deserves like if people if those that have watched it and people that do review it are like totally over the moon about it but they definitely don't get the publicity it deserves about Hey, this is a this is a classic, but I think it was because of the ending. But we'll talk about that later. It's possible. Yeah, but uh, Promise Neverland. It's it's you know it's got everything you need for a good a good psych thriller. The pacing is incredible. Can we the, spoil the first episode or no? No, dude. No, we'll do it next week. Okay, we'll next, next week. week. Next week, y'all are getting hit with a full in depth talk about Promise Neverland next week, and. All right, don't say we didn't. I'd say it's by far the best show from winter 2018. Yeah, so 2019 or whatever. Yeah, whatever you want that, to call it. Just definitely hit it up before next episode because we're just going to go in deep. Yes. 
Yeah. And Do not hard. say we didn't warn you. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks so much for listening. Um, this is kind of our episode zero, just like a who we are. You know why we're doing this? Yeah, this one, this one will definitely feel a little more free form. We just wanted to, we just want to get our faces out there. But next week we'll get a little more structured topic, topic uh, set, and we'll more we'll in depth. Through. Promise Neverland talk. Um, and you know, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I like at the end of each one of these episodes, we just we just have a casual chat about what we, what we want to think about doing next week. We may or may not do it. Yeah, I mean, there's an idea on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I think just talking about Promise Neverland will probably take us a good twenty something minutes we're gonna, at, we're gonna at call least. This, this segment of the episodes of uh, uh, Foresight Firesides, like you know, <laughs> sure. So we also <laughs> we also have like a a Google Doc with about like eighteen other topics on mm-hmm. there. So there's let's, quite let's a few the, that I want to daddy debate next one. Yeah, so daddy debate. <laughs> So I guess for next episode, be looking forward to a Promise Neverland chat. And uh, who's the better dad, Goku or, or Naruto, Naruto from Boruto? <laughs> that is, that's going to be an interesting discussion because they both suck. They suck so, they so bad. They both suck so bad. But I do, I do know which one that I think is more effed up. Yeah? I've already got it all, all laid out. Okay. I, I'll come with my, we may agree, we may not. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll never know. Up. Well, until next week. Until next week. And then I think we'll do uh, one more I wanted to do was your favorite your favorite uh, Netflix exclusive anime. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so the ones that you can only get on that only get on Netflix uh, of the ones who've seen which ones which one is your bag. Yeah, I would love to like highlight specific like everyone's got platforms. Yeah, everyone's got Netflix. Why Amazon not? Prime and Netflix and all these guys getting into the game. Like and I just oop. really appreciate their love for or their their like, you know, attention towards the space. Yeah, let's let's give the Netflix exclusives some logs next week next week. Sounds great, man. All right. All right, thanks guys so much for listening. Yeah, thank um, you for listening. You know, give us, you know, five you know, star ratings mean a lot to yeah, us. Yeah, five star ratings, you know, exclusively, but I mean, if you didn't love it, just listen to it again and maybe give it another go Yeah, why not give it another go if you feel like a second opinion is worth it and i'm we, sure the second time you'll probably give us a five star and if that doesn't work just listen to it again and then give us another five star <laughs> yeah, you know that'll, that'll work for us if you feel like you want to give us 10 stars go for round two so i've been ricky this is ethan and you just watched an episode of uh, weebology you peace got, you got learned <laughs>